seated. Thank you, worship team. What an awesome worship. Good morning, church. Good morning, and I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ this morning. I trust that you had a great weekend and looking forward to a new week. Amen. Can I hear an amen? And if you're visiting us with us, welcome this morning. What Are you ready to hear the word of God this morning? Let's go ahead and let's pray. Father God, you are already here. We sense your presence. We sense this, your Holy Spirit. And so right now, Lord, as we begin to look into your word, I pray that our heart continues to open up and our minds and our, our hearts to what you have to share with us this morning. Help us to, to understand with the help of the Holy Spirit, Lord, for what you're about to share with us so that we can move forward this week to become the disciples that you want us to be. Thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to be at the foot of the cross, at your feet, Lord, to hear you, not me, to hear you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. I heard of a story. I heard of a story of a, I read of a, of a young man. And this young man who was determined, determined to win the affection of a lady who refused to even talk to him. Okay? And so he decided that the way to her heart was through the mail. So he began to write love letters. Now this is like way before email or text of all the, 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 the I things with the iPhones and the Androids, okay? And so he wrote love letter every day to this lady. Every day, seven times a week, she got a love letter from him. And when she didn't respond, he, guess what? He increased his writing. Just never give up. He increased his writing to three notes every 24 hours. 24 hours. In all church, he wrote her more than 700 letters. 700 letters. And guess who she wound up marrying? The mailman. (laughs) Lucky the mailman, right? The mailman. Well, love sure can make you do crazy things. Can I hear an amen? Oh, come on, because I know some of you have done crazy things with love, right? Love can, can make you do crazy things, don't you think? But what does love have to do with calling yourself a Christian or a disciple? Everything. It's everything. You see, love is the one quality that separates the Christian from the rest of humanity. Love is the reason Christ came, suffered, died, and was resurrected again. And love is what motivates the believer, what should motivate us to be separated from a world of hate. Church, last week we we began a new series entitled To Be Like Jesus, Hitting the Mark. And we are we're looking at the marks of what it means to be a disciple. And we are learning that what to be what to be a disciple. And last week we learned and Major began our series with 
one of the mark, and that is that we truly need to love God first and foremost in our life. Loving him with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And this morning, we're going to look into the second mark of a disciple, what it looks like. And I want you to turn your Bibles with me if you have your your Bible or your your iPhone or it's going to be on the screen or it's going to be John chapter 13. We're going to be looking at just two verses, starting with verse 34 to 35. And as you're turning into that page, I want to give you a picture. I want to give you a scene. And I want you to listen to this. You see, Jesus is in an upper room with his disciples for the Last Supper. And he is giving them some very important teaching and instructions. You see, Jesus knows that his earthly life will be over within 24 hours. He knows that he will be arrested and taken to be taken away to be crucified. So in the few hours that he has left with his disciples, Jesus is telling them, telling them how he wants them to carry on. Carry on, and he wants them how to live after he is gone. And so Jesus says this to them, to the disciples. John 13, 34 to 35. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It seems very strange, isn't it, that Jesus says, a new command I give you. He says that here because, you see, the command to love others isn't a new one. It's not. If, so if the command is not new, then why did Jesus call it new? You see, the word new in this, this verse is, it here suggests freshness, suggests an up-to-date version of love. Jesus is giving love a new depth of meaning. He is giving love a new standard to live by. So church, take note that love is not an option for the followers of Jesus Christ. It's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. But what is it? It is a command. It is a commandment for all the followers of Jesus Christ. And so what does Jesus say to his disciples? And what does he say to us who claim to be disciples of Jesus Christ this morning? He commands each and every one of us to love one another. And why does Jesus command us to love? Well, church, it's because there is a part of every one of us that rebels against such idea of unconditional love. Think about that. Why command us to love? Because there is a part of us that says that, says that love is out of place out of place in the world which we live in. Why does he command it? Because there is a part of us that says, sure, loving others is great, up to a point. Isn't that what we do all the time? Jesus says, love one another. Hmm. Look at this verse again. Look at that verse. What do you see? 
Three times Jesus says, love one another. He's pretty much saying to the disciples, don't you get it? And he's saying to us this morning, I need to tell you not just once, but three times that you need to love one another. So the question is this, church, who are we to love? You didn't get that. There's three in there. It's, it, it, the answer is right there. Church, who are we to love? One another. We do. And now Jesus, now you have to imagine this. Jesus was speaking to the disciples. And not just to the disciples, it's the 11 disciples. Because you see, Judas has already left the group in this time. And Jesus was speaking to the true believers, members of his church. Jesus looked at his disciples in their eyes and he said, You disciples of mine are to love each other. Now, this commandment is new, as we've already mentioned. He says it. But we have a a similar commandment in the Old Testament. It's found in Leviticus 19.18 and even in Deuteronomy somewhere in there. And it says, and we can read, love your neighbor as yourself. You see, in the Old Testament, the Jews were commanded to love their neighbor. They were to love anyone who lived close to them, who who they ran into, who crossed their path. But church, Now, with Jesus' new commandment for his disciples and for us, they are to love other disciples. They are to love other disciples. In other words, members of his church are to love other members of his church. Christians are to love other Christians. And Paul tells us in Galatians this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. When we think about it, even people at church can be difficult to love. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Okay, they are. That's just good. But sometimes, you know, have you ever sang that song that says, I'm so glad you're a part of the family of God? Growing up, you probably did. And then when we look at the person next to us, and, and sing, I'm surprised you're part of the family of God. But church, sometimes, I don't know about you, but it's hard enough to love our own family. But the scriptures tells us, Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And Hebrews tells us, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Scriptures tells us. First Peter tells us, 1.22, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must now show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Now I love this. Love each other, what? Deeply with all your heart. You know, I think we can all agree with this in the area of our Christian lives that we must not ignore or neglect. You see, God has commanded us to love each other. You and I are supposed to love one another. You and the person next to you, you are supposed to love one another. You and your spouse are supposed to love one another. 
You and the members of other churches and the, the members of this church are supposed to love one another. You and, and your children are supposed to love each other. You and your co-workers, you and your parents are supposed to love one another. Loving one another. And you're probably sitting there where you're at and you're saying to yourself, I love those people that I just mentioned. I love all those people that made your mention and I love them and I sure do. I do, I do, I do. But the questions is this church is that have you proven to them that you love them? Have you done what have you done to show them this morning or even not just this morning, last week and the week before that and months? Have you proven to them that you love them? See, church, proof of love comes in many shapes and sizes and forms and love may require you to dig deep within your heart to accept others. Church, it doesn't matter what it takes to love one another. What matters is that you brother and sister in Christ, are loving each other. So the question is this. For, secondly, is how should we love each other then? That means we should love others as Christ loves you. As Christ loved us. Jesus said it, as I have loved you. Now, there is the, there's a big change here that I want to take no, to, to, for you to note between the old law and the new law. The Old Testament tells us said that to love our neighbor as we what? Love ourselves. And the new law says that we are to love one another even as Christ loved us. This new law of love goes beyond the old law of love. It does. To love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves, it's like to take half of the food on my plate and give it to a neighbor who is in need. It is to take one of the coats that I have and give it to a neighbor who doesn't have a coat at all. But church, neighborly love is a love with limits. I want you to understand that. When I am in danger, this type of love stops. If we were honest, we would have to admit that we don't even love others with this kind of love, the old love. We make great efforts to boost ourselves while ignoring the needs of others all around us. Church, we are not neighbors that just happen to to be next to each other. We are family. We are family, part of God's family, part of God's ohana. But to love one another with the way Christ loved us, church, I love it because he has no limits. It doesn't limit us. It is to not think of ourselves or myself, of me, myself, and I. This kind of love means taking my whole plate of food and giving it to someone, a brother or a sister who is in need. Church, to love as Jesus commands us means to to let the love of Christ enter into us. Let it enter into us so that we we can be empowered to love those whom we can serve and work together. The believers who is just like who we see. We're a disciple. There's other disciples out there that we need to connect ourselves with. We will come to, uh, to realize more and more of our place in God's family. 
And the only way we can do that is that if we can cast off everything that is opposed to love. And what could that be? Church, it could be things like impatience, selflessness, greed, uncaring attitude, unforgiving spirit. Those things we need to cast off so that it will, it will allow us to have that love that Jesus wants us. You see, Christ wants us to be more like him in the everyday, in what we say and in what we do. See, Jesus knows that you and I could never love like he does. Never. But he does help us and gives us the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And church, we need to trust the Holy Spirit to get out of our comfort zone. We need to show one another that, that you really care and love each other. Now, loving one another is not easy sometimes. In fact, sometimes it is the very difficult. Difficult. Think of one person right now that you're having difficult time and that you can't love. But Jesus calls us to love, to love. Did you know that God never tells us to forgive and forget? He tells us to forgive, to forgive. And in fact, I wish that there were things that I, I, I could forget. But, but I can't. There were times that, that someone has wronged me. There were times that someone has hurt me really bad. And there were times that someone has let me down. Oh, t- I tell you, there are many times that someone has let me down. But I, I can still remember them. But what God is speaking, has been speaking to me about is that I need to forgive that person. I need to forgive and I need to treat them as if it had never happened. It's rough. It's hard. But that's what the kind of love that God wants from us. The love, the love that's all about that he's speaking here. First Corinthians tells us love keeps no records of wrong. You see, love is treating others as if wrongs you suffered had never happened. That's hard. But love is, is hard sometimes, but as Christians, we, the love to become, it should be a love that becomes a second nature from us and of us. So we need to prove it. We need to love each other, practice it, church. We need to learn it, and we need to allow loving others be a natural act that we do every day. You see, I love our, our society nowadays because you see the fact that we now have email e-cards, cell phones, text messages, and all these electronic that you can come up with, they're means to share love. And they, they don't diminish love, but it, it, it helps us, don't we? It helps us. The technology, it just makes it more effective nowadays, right? But yet sometimes, somehow, we still need that physical present with each other, don't we? It's becoming to be less and less. And we need to bring that about. And let's be honest, though. It's a lot easier to have electronically, um, remotely, to do things together in loving a person. But person-to-person contact is messy. It's complicated. And it makes everybody vulnerable. If you're an extrovert, it makes you uncomfortable. If you're an introvert, it makes you very, very uncomfortable, doesn't it? But we have to push ourselves and that's what the challenge is this morning church that church every time we get together every time you get together look for opportunities to love each other 
And I'm talking about us believers getting together. I don't know about you, but when you're together with a, among of believers, you think everything is going great. Yes, it's good. But deep inside, in one or two of our friends who's following Jesus are struggling inside. The more they're going to need the love from us. So get to know them through your meals and listen carefully and seek to meet their needs through, for Christ's sake. So church, the several things I want to just share is that let let. Let your love be expressed with one another by sharing with them. So I'm going to take this opportunity right now. Let's see how you do on this one. I want you to to turn to someone, and if you say, I want you to look at them and say, I care about you or I believe in you. Go ahead. Let's see how you do. All right. See, I, I know you can do it. There's no excuse that when you leave this room that you can't talk to anyone. Because as God says we need to share our love, you know what? Talk to someone. Maybe some of you, this is, how many of you was this very uncomfortable? The introverts in the house are like, oh, don't let me talk, please. Don't let me talk. But church, honestly, do a loving action towards someone, especially those you have hurt this morning. Those who have offended you those you offended I want to encourage you to speak to that someone that will help you free from the bondage of bitterness strive to serve others other believers there's always a need pray to God to put someone in your life so that you can serve we have people in our churches in our church right now who are in need of help in their home like home repairs or help with their repairing their car and I am so proud of our church because we have a group of men here that actually goes out and helps out mow their lawn and honestly that is amazing but we can do more so today church will you offer to meet a need will you be the Christ's feet feet and hands and face serving one another You never know what that small, insignificant act of love will do. But realize this, church, that loving other Christians, especially other believers, as Christ loves you, will impact and make a difference in their lives and your lives. And so lastly this morning, I want to look into what happens when we do love one another and we love them in the way that God has loved us. And I love this because everyone will know that you are his disciple. Everyone will know that you are his disciple. The Bible says that the whole world, listen to this, that the whole world is watching how you love one another. I love it, but it's scary. But it's cool. Because if we are a follower of Christ, then everyone will know that you are my disciple. This kind of love, church, is a mark of discipleship. Love is the mark of, of the church. Love will, will be how all people will know that you and I are disciples of Jesus Christ. Going to church on Sunday is not the mark. Trying to be good is not the mark also. But love for others is to be reflection, to be the reflection of Jesus So church, how is the world going to know that you belong to Jesus? 
Is it our sound doctrine and biblical theology? Is it by wearing a cross uh, around our neck? Is it by Christian t-shirts or, or a bumper stickers? Is it by carrying our big black Bibles wherever we go? Those are great stuff. And I'm not saying they're bad. They're great stuff. But church, it's none of those things that marks us. When unbeliever sh- shows up, where you are or in church and hang out with you during the week, they ought to see something that they don't see anywhere else in the world. They ought to see a family, a family who loves and cares for each other. This supernatural love produces in us by the Holy Spirit, only by the Holy Spirit, can have a very powerful, attractive force upon our world today. So church, God can use it to catch their attention and cause them to think and ponder whether Christianity may be true after all. Look at our world today. Do they believe in the God that we believe? It's a little sad. It is. We talk a lot about how we are going to reach the world with the gospel. Well, Here's one of the pieces that I don't think we consider very often. And that is the power of Christian love. The power of true Christian love. Church, the test of a true disciple is right on this verse that we've been talking about. If you love each other, people will what? Know that you are his. Jesus promises to us this. If we demonstrate together, this form of love, the entire world will know that we are his disciples. And if people on the outside sees anger, hatred, hypocrisy, and so much more that is not of God, then the world will never come to know the love and the joy of Christ. Anyone here who say they belong to Jesus should love anyone who says they know Jesus. All believers know you, who you serve if you love your Christian family. Do you want to know how closely you are following Jesus? Look at your love life. I'm not talking about romantic love life, okay? Look at the way how you're loving each other. If you want to know how closely we are following Jesus as a church, look at our love life. Look at how we are loving one another. So as I conclude this morning, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, Jesus was calling his disciples and us to do what is right regardless of what the rest of the world does. Church, I have come to the conclusion in my 40 plus years of life that out of all the people in the world, the easiest person for me to change is me is me. And I can't control how others treat me or how they love me, but I can control how I feel about them. See, that is the essence of the word love here. The word love means a strong desire towards someone that leads to action. Biblical love is not the puppy love or the teenage love that we see that is based generally on what? How a other person feels about them. But biblical love allows us to love our enemies, to love those who persecute us, to love those and pray for those who spitefully use us. 
The scripture tells us in Matthew. You see, biblical love says, I don't care how you feel or how you treat me, but I'm going to love you anyway. The answer to our countries, our nation's problems, and the churches around us is that we need to love as God has loved us. Are you showing that sort of love inside and outside of church? If you have anything in your life right now that doesn't look like love, I ask you that you need to have God work with you this morning. If you have anything in your life that doesn't look like compassion, mercy, empathy, then ask God to help you take those out and replace it with his love. And if you have hatred, prejudice, revenge, or envy in your heart, oh church, have God deal with it this morning. So I challenge you. I challenge you this morning. How are you treating one another? How are you treating your spouse? How are you treating your children? And children, how are you treating your parents? And from co-workers to co-workers, how are you treating the way God wants you to treat them? And together as believers, we need each other, church. We just take each other for granted, don't we, sometimes? But the challenge for us this morning, as as the worship uh, team sings... Think about and reflect on your life. If you truly love God, then you will truly love those God has placed in your life, especially those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because together, we can be powerful in winning souls for his kingdom. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Together, with the help of the Holy Spirit, come and, and reflect upon your love for others this morning as the worship team sings. Jesus gave himself away for each and every one of us, and that was his love for us. And this morning, he asked of us just to give ourselves to one another, to love each other. I don't know about you, church, but God wants to use us. And this week, my only prayer is that you take one thing, that you will be a different person as you came in this morning, that you will do one thing this week, to show how God has called you to love one another. I don't know what that means for you, but you know in your heart what God is saying to you. As I pray and as I close our time together, with your eyes and your head, your eyes closed and your head bowed, I'd like to pray for you. I don't know what you're going through. If you could just raise your hand and show me, because I want to lift you up in prayer. Amen. Amen. Yes, God bless you, God bless you. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for your word. Lord, it is a new command, it's a new level of our love that we need to share with one another. And Father, you have always called us and maybe we have not been faithful and obedient to you. And so this morning we come seeking forgiveness and asking for strength and guidance for this coming week to come. We can only do one day at a time with your help, with the help of the Holy Spirit to love unconditionally the way you loved us. So Father, help us. We ask of it, Lord. And for those who have raised, many hands have been raised in the room. And so Father, I lift them up to you. 
You know each of them personally. You know what they're going through. You know what they're, they've raised their hands, Lord. So, Father, I lift them up, knowing, Lord, that you do answer our prayers and believing in it. So, Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to learn how to become more and more like you, to be like you, Jesus. Thank you for your command, for the commandment to love one another as you have loved us so that everyone will know Everyone will know that we are your disciples. We ask this in your son's precious, precious name. Amen. Amen. And church, that card that you receive, I ask that you take that with you as a reminder this week. Somewhere that you will be reminded to do that one thing that God has been speaking to you about. Thank you and God bless you.